Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I have a very special guest here today, a dude who's worked with TMBG a lot, playing a bunch of brass instruments. It's Dan, the Machine Levine, here to talk about Electric Car. Electric Car on road so dark. To change the end, rewrite the start. Electric car, so good so far. Electric car on verdant green. Invent a turn, invent a dream. Electric car, the new. Hi, Greg. Hi, hey, Greg. man. <laughs> Great to be here. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so where are you at exactly? You are in New York, right? Yeah, we live in New York City, and uh, at the moment, I'm also hanging out upstate uh, in uh, scenic Trombone Valley in a <laughs> secret location known as scenic Trombone Valley. <laughs> and you can slide down some beautiful hills that are there. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you got the idea. You got Ba-toom. the idea. <laughs> Get put a rim <laughs> shot there. Run over to the kit and just play a rim shot. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah. So this arrangement that you did for Electric Car, it's it's one of those songs that I feel like kind of flies under the radar, not because people don't enjoy it, but I think they might not realize just how many instruments are in this song. Uh, but before we get all into that, I want to know the full story how did you get uh, hooked up working with TMBG? And I guess first, were you a fan of They Might Be Giants uh, before mm-hmm. you worked with them? Absolutely. Uh, from the beginning. Um, nice. I've always been fascinating by, fascinated by them and, and their process and the way it sounded. And uh, I remember one of the reasons I knew that my girlfriend was going to be my future wife as I walked into her then apartment on in the West Village and there sitting sitting on the top of the stack was Lincoln. Yeah. Wow. This is a cool person here. Um, So yeah, always a fan. And, and uh, from the very beginning, um, we had a mutual friend an incredible songwriter musician who you should check out if you haven't already named Brian Woodbury. 
who was from the Bay Area, lived in Brooklyn for many years, made some really cool records. I played with him live and on those records, in fact. And then he went on to become a very prolific writer for television, for uh, for Disney stuff, for PBS, Bear in the Big Blue House, bunch of stuff. I'm looking he, at brianwoodbury.com right now. If you like the Giants, you will, I think... Uh, my algorithm says you will also really dig Brian Woodbury. In fact, a lot of the <laughs> earlier stuff in, to my ears had a similar aesthetic of uh, kind of uh, lo-fi, um, blatantly uh, unaffected, simple, really fun that way. So Brian's really cool. So uh, at the time, if you recall, that might be Giants started quite small playing with a live with a tape recorder. And then it came time to add a band and then it came time to add horns, just going bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So uh, our mutual friend Brian. I mean, it's only natural with Linnell being a reed instrument player. Right. You know, already putting so many wind instruments into stuff. Absolutely, and there were a few iterations of their using horns, particularly Kurt Hoffman, who's great, and I think maybe Frank London played some trumpet with them. But they never had really cemented a horn section. I think it was more like, hey, let's use horns on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, a couple of the recordings had horns before I ever was connected with them. Um, yeah, Frank London, I'm just skipping around the wiki here. He's he's credited, let's see, the earlier song it looks like he's credited on is uh, Birdhouse. Yeah. He's trumpet on oh, Birdhouse. Yeah, yeah, he originated that part. Wah, 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 wah. Frank is yeah. fantastic. He lives in New York City, too. Check him out. He does a lot of cool stuff with um, kind of really rock, you know, interesting takes on Klezmer. And Ooh. a lot of, and he's a fantastic composer. Um, that guy could write anything. He's, he's, an, he's a... Worth checking out as well. Uh, a real New York City staple, as he nice, should be. Nice. So, in the, I noticed you, you sent me a wiki page about myself and the Giants, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's yeah. A, there's a, there's a, let me just say, you know, <laughs> the first time I talked to Danny Weinkoff, he didn't know he had his own page. I'm like, I'm like, of course you have your own page, Danny. I made it. Yeah, well, you're on this, it too. All these Dan's, so many Dan's. Band of Dan's. <laughs> well, they, they came out swinging with a huge mistake, which says I've been playing with the Giants since 2008. I've been playing with them on and off since 2004, uh, 1994. Yeah. When, of Wait. course, I was 12. So, um, oh, oh, I think it's saying since 2008, you've toured with the band. Was that the no, first time you went on the road no, with them? That's, that's also wrong? Completely wrong. Um, well, I will I'm, edit it right now. I'm currently in the edit page, so tell me what to change it to. <laughs> well, honestly, uh, I'll, I'll give you the preface to it, but my first gig with yeah. them was New Year's Eve to, uh, 1994 in San Francisco Woo. at, oddly enough, the Hard Rock Cafe. Not the typical venue for the Giants. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but well, how to, about this? While I'm on the editing page, when did the Triceratops horns, to kind of scoot ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. when did that official like trio form? Or when oh, did you when did you coin the name? I, I I coined it when the horn section evolved to being uh, Kurt Ram on trumpet and Stan Harrison on sax, which right. is probably about 15 years ago. Just, I just came up with it. And it stuck. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so, so something like 2005, 2006? Yeah. Prior to that, uh, Flansburg always called Jim O'Connor and I the Velcro horns, and we never got right. sued. We never got any copyright infringement. <laughs> Velcro. But uh, we were always on the edge, I'm sure. They were watching us. All um, right. I'm submitting this edit. So to go back uh, chronologically then. So the yeah. first time you ever played with them, you said was 94. Yeah, and and yeah. we've been in touch before that. Um, um, I wasn't playing hard to get, but they were nice enough to ask me 
really at the inception of their carrying a horn section if I would be interested in doing it. Um, as you might know, making a living as a trombonist is a very, uh, can be a very tricky thing. I don't recommend it to anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd already been on the road prior to that with uh, Ray Charles and then with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, which was really my first foray into the rock and roll world. Prior Is there that. something we should drop in here, like a song? Yeah, I think you can totally... Uh, I played on one of his one record called uh, Working Too Hard. But I toured with him all over the world for a couple of years, toured with Ray. So, and that was really my first rock thing. My training is really classical and jazz. And uh, once I found out how much fun rock and roll was, there was no turning back. So then I got a call from John Flansburg. Hey, we're putting together horns. You want to come try out? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so going back to how difficult it is to make a living as a trombonist, I had just gotten asked to do a Broadway show. And oh. it's sort of a, you know, for an instrumentalist, that's a coveted job. It's like might, maybe one of the closest things you'll have to a steady job right. as a freelancer. So I said, oh, I just took this job. I think it was Showboat. But let wow. me recommend uh, Randy Andos, who was a colleague, and he'd been touring with Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And he's totally great. And they loved him. And he did, did the gig for a couple of years. So then Randy decided to move on and not be on the road. And they were kind enough to ask me again. I said, oh, I, I just I just accepted my fair lady or whatever it was. You know, like it's like it's so incredibly uncool compared to touring with Mighty Giants. But again, I was really sort of uh, determined to get my foot in that scene and sure. kind of juggle things. Yeah, um, successful shows and classic shows. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah, good, uh, so, decent so, money, I'd imagine, right? I is that something that I don't want to ask personal finances, but how much? What do you get paid for a gig like that? As a trombone, you're not on the stage. You're not the an actor or a singer, but you're playing in the pit. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. would you get paid per performance or is it a salaried thing as long as the show goes or how does that work? Well, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's quite formalized because both the theaters and the actors union, the musician union are all involved. Sure. And I'm sure some stagehands union. It's a very unionized scene. So, there are numbers that have been hammered out in contract negotiations, as it were, yeah. between the, you know things like the League of Theater Producers and the AFM. The so Trombonist are, Union. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Trombonist <laughs> Union 420. <laughs> exactly. We're very, very strong and very relaxed. So um, anyway, yeah, it's a salaried job. And uh, nice. one thing that's built into the contract that's been going on, I think, since the 60s, it, uh, I might be wrong about that, is the musicians are allowed to get a few subs to learn their parts so they oh. can take off to do other stuff so you don't disappear sure. in the show. It doesn't sort of kill your entire freelance career. So, so it's, it's like a paternity, maternity leave where it's like you're going to have your job when you come back? That yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah. There, are, there are eight shows a week. If, if someone subs for me or someone else on one of them, they get paid a prorated salary, which is one-eighth of the weekly salary. 
Oh, and wow. so anyway, it's it's a uh, you know no, I don't think anybody gets rich doing it, but it's a decent living, and uh, and you could continue to do other things like studio recordings, yeah. head out with a band, take a leave of absence. The the flexibility is remarkable, actually. Um, I'd imagine just you um, know having landing a job where you know you're going to be able to pay your rent every month. In Believe a place me. like New York oh, yeah. City, the, the oh, yeah. rent there, yeah, that's. that's, well, I, that's I've had cool. I had plenty of years where if a, you know if a sixty dollar phone bill came in, it would send me into a panic. Believe me, yeah. what that's like so. Yeah, having gone through um, scarcity, I prefer <laughs> yeah. not to endure <laughs> that again if I could help it. So oh, th- okay, so then yeah. I, so so again I was, <laughs> they were nice enough to ask when Randy left. I said, oh, I can't do it. I got the show. Get Tim Newman. So Tim's wonderful. He did the gig for a couple of years, <laughs> and then he's a. <laughs> Also a good friend. And then finally, uh, this thing came around. Uh, it was ostensibly a one-off, uh, the New Year's Eve, 1994. And that led to me going, yes, yes, let's do this. And, and I've been associated with them ever since. Um, terrific story. You might want to know about that particular night. Again, yeah, might, might be Giants, Hard Rock Cafe, not exactly... An expected venue, but there we were. And on you got Flansburger's Mojo Chessmaster up on the wall. Now that would be something cool to see in a Hard Rock Cafe. I know well, he wouldn't part uh, with you that. You know though. what I'm talking about? Well, the, yeah, you kind of touched on what I'm about to say. You know, there's a lot of memorabilia there, and really, the back wall of the stage is covered with guitars that are signed or have people's names. You know, this this was played by so and so from Danzig, yeah. and this one is played by so and so. So. Uh, Flensburg in his John Flensburg in his uh, <laughs> unstoppable imagination and humor decided at one point of the show just to randomly plug his quarter inch guitar jack <laughs> plug in, into any of the guitars on the wall. Oh my god, that's then, probably frowned upon. Well, hey, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. And then depending on whose name was on the guitar or what band it was from, we would improvise a song in the style of that band. <laughs> With no regard for the fact oh that the guitar God. was impossibly out of tune, possibly missing strings. And oh. he, he pulled it off. Only wow. he could figure out how to you know make something sound like Guns N' Roses on an out-of-tune three-string guitar and so oh forth. Oh, my God. Wait, so was, uh, hold on. A I, need, I need to see if there's a bootleg of this show. I'm currently on museumofidiots.com. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think it was before everyone had a cell phone with a video camera in it. Yeah, so. dude, these go back to all, all the way to 87. There are bootlegs from 87 to 2020 up on oh, this site. It could I'm, be around. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look, and if I can find something before I edit this, well, this episode. I, I, I might be interested in seeing it. It might be cringeworthy. It was literally the first time I ever played with a band with little to no preparation. Oh, just, it was just like being shot out of a cannon, and I had so much fun. Yeah, I'll send you a link to the whole... Uh, you can get a whole zip of... Oh, please just zips of these whole shows. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Continue. That sounds incredible. Well, that was really fun. I think we stayed in Japantown and this place with it was really great. The Miyako or something. It had those big deep Japanese baths and oh, man. it was just, it was just one of those really good memories. It was a great great way to spend uh, New Year's actually. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So is New Year's going into ninety four or going into ninety five? I think it was going into ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ninety four. And then it but, turned to 95. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you actually, yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. I think there's a listing of all the gigs that happened at that's, that's, yeah, that's that club. So you can check it out okay. there. Uh-huh. Shows of 1994. If we go to the very last one, Hard Rock Cafe, San Francisco, California. Uh, okay. So that was, yeah, 1231.94. Let's see if there's a 94. 
Ah, the last one in 94 they have on this bootleg site is, is November 18th in San Diego. Dang it. <laughs> I know, right? So I'm looking at your wiki, yeah, and it's got you listed as, uh, songs on which Dan Levine is credited. And there's like, I haven't counted them, but there's like 40 to 50 songs. That's a lot of songs. I'm going to be rich. <laughs> yeah as soon as as soon as john lee super taster you know gets discovered on tiktok and shoots it, back up the charts i think that's what needs to happen maybe i'll get my daughter on the case it's all about the tiktok uh, before we get to electric car i was curious about um do you have oh boy other than electric car uh is there a favorite studio song like a song you are accredited as that you've played on do you have a favorite or could you go like top three or something like that some some of the favorite um again you're going to discover the depths of my bad memory here but uh some of my favorites i don't even think i play on one of here's a couple of my favorite songs and i don't even play on them let's only get uh, another first kiss oh yeah it's so loud in here yeah yeah and it, yeah that has one, no horns on it <laughs> yeah but it's so i've already done a cover of that song man it's so loud here is one of my it, oh, you know if, especially if you lived in new york city and in my mind uh, that song i always go to in my mind the transformation of uh union square which was a very sleepy ah. area and there was actually a diner or a restaurant which was just like a businessman's lunch counter and it became like one of the hippest spots in new york but they never changed the exterior so if you uh, thought you were walking into that diner you would experience a lot of what is said in that song by my interpretation i, I just yeah you can't tell That's the staff amazing. from the customers and it's so loud like what what is happening here it's a little bit of a rip van winkle vibe and uh maybe a generational gap vibe uh and i so in terms of something i played on that i'm really proud of and really like is uh, dr worm oh yeah Horns all over it, yeah. And when we're going through all the list of all the other horn players, uh, even though you played on that, uh, you were not in the video. Yeah, I was. I was unavailable. So Tim Newman did it. He yeah. was a prior. Yeah, uh, I was really bummed, but I was literally in Europe or something. You know, I truly unavailable. And that, that was a bummer. And it's also funny because Dan Hickey is shown in the video playing the drums, and he's not the drummer. Even though he was the drummer at the time, it's uh, Zach Alford or something. Like, just some guy who only played on Dr. Worm. And I asked Dan about that. I'm like, what's the deal? Like, that was right in, like, the, you were you had just joined post-Brian Doherty. Why aren't you on that track? And he's like, honestly, I don't remember, but it's cool. Oh. <laughs> And he's like, they asked me to do the video, so I just kind of drummed along with his parts. And I'm like, yeah. that is so weird. Yeah, What's funny about that is Weinkoff doesn't make the video. Miller doesn't make the video. Like, it talks about playing the drums, so obviously they had to have a drummer in there. And then it has the horns. Um, one of them is not the actual trombonist, which would have been you. Yeah. Um, I think Jim O'Connor was the proper trumpet player. Um, yeah. Uh, here's an interesting horn thing. Some trumpet players, as you know, have the ability to play really high, and that's... a somewhat of a rarefied ability so kurt ram for the yeah. but it was actually mark pender who played the high trumpet solo i got him uh coming on an episode 
Great. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, we're um, all, Mark and I are good friends from way back, starting with the Jersey oh, rock scene. In fact, a little aside about Mark, it was he and La Bamba who really ushered me into the Southside Johnny scene. Um, nice. I happened to be doing a recording session with uh, uh, and Richie Rosenberg, aka La Bamba, written the music. Mark was the trumpet player. I'd never met him. I walked into the studio. I I see this guy turning red like he was going to explode playing one of the most amazing <laughs> trumpet solos I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah. So then I came in and did my parts and uh, those guys were just about to go on the road with Bruce Springsteen for the first time. Oh, yeah. and, and they go, you know, hey, this guy Dan might be good for this outside thing. So they made the introduction and I stopped cutting my hair that day. So <laughs> Yeah, nice. Yeah, man. You, got, you gotta have the right uh, hair. I you know, watched Conan religiously in my college days. Oh, yeah. And I was always just blown away because, like, when it would come out of the intro and, you know, like, the the, the crane shot into the stage oh, yeah. and it goes across the band and Penner's just like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's he, like, he's oh, a, my God. He's an, he's an animal in all the best ways. Oh, oh you so know, good. And, and, then, and then Kurt Ram, like, when we saw, because my wife and I, um, I think she got me tickets for my birthday or something. We went and saw them in Indianapolis for, uh, uh, yeah, the I Like Fun tour pretty early on in the tour. And Kurt Ram was touring with them on that one, doing like some uh, valve trombone, which, you know, well, you might have thoughts about that. Uh, and like uh, euphonium. And I know, right? But then all the trumpet. And me and my wife, like, you know, she's a French horn player. She can play incredibly high on that thing. Me, trombone, you know, I was always like, if it got up above a high F, I was like, ouch. Uh, but, you know, I was never a first chair guy. Um, I was doing more of the low stuff than the high. But uh, me and my wife would just look at each other in disbelief when Kurt would hit these notes. We would just, like, laugh. Not because it was funny, but we were like, I can't believe he just did that. Like, yeah, it's, 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 remar it's remarkable. Not only hitting them, but sounding great and having style, all that good stuff. So both yeah, of those guys Yeah, in the studio, are, yeah, right. In the studio, you can do take after take, and right. they can comp, you can comp it together and all this. Mm -hmm. But like, to see him on stage and just hit that note on Dr. Worm, like it's nothing. Just yeah. like Oh, Dr. here's another Worm. one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he made it happen on that. So that, that is one of my favorites, um, and it's really super fun to play live. Um, I get to play a, a, a low, I think it's a low D solo on the bass trombone. Play the oh, solo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so make a big deal about it's it. Like, you know, walk out to the front of the stage like something really big is going to happen, and you just play one note, then you leave. So <laughs> kind of fun. Just make your lips as floppy as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I'm a, I'm a K to six music teacher, if I didn't tell you that. And I teach beginning band. Fantastic. So I've got a couple new trombonists coming in, in, in August for this new school year. So that's always exciting. Wow. I and, come from a whole family of educators and I could say, you guys are the best. I'd be nowhere without <laughs> educators, my good educators, my parents. So, and my brother's a music teacher. I, I get it. Oh, nice. It's, it's so fun. Cause people are like, how do you stand all the squeaks and squawks? And they're so out of tune. I'm like, that's like, just like the sheer excitement of like yeah. having like an oboe in your hands. And you're like, what do I do with this, Mr. Simpson? I'm like, okay, well, here's well, how. No, here's your rem first thing, you know. Remem yeah. <laughs> remember to embrace the same idea. When you have a baby and they're crying, it's just like that kid trying out an instrument for the first time. You have to just love it. You have oh, to love man. it. You got to see, like, like when say, I this when is beautiful. I, 
Right. And I'm the music teacher that loves doing recorders, too, because recorders can sound good if you teach them well. So <clears throat> I actually posted I have a Mr. Simpson YouTube channel th- through my school stuff. And I posted a little snippet of these these kids playing and I posted it on my Facebook and I had some friends were like, that actually wasn't too bad. I'm like, yeah, of, yeah, you know, T- turns I out kids learn well, what man. You te- turns out they'll learn what you teach them. And so I got this huge box of recorders ordered and I gave one to my daughter and she just like puts her whole mouth around the whole thing. She's like, ah! I'm just like, yeah, you did it. Exactly. <laughs> she got my grandpa's harmonica and I was very impressed. She's two and a half years old. I actually got her to, you know, breathe out and in. So I'm like, check this out. And she does it and she's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Discovering inhalation for the first time. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. I mean, what other instruments do you play by inhaling? None. I can't think of anything else. Not that I could think of. Yeah. 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 A harmonica. Harmonica. That's it. You know, yeah, that's it. It, it. It's honestly, it's like an accordion. It's like a very small accordion. I have one of my grandpa's accordions where the note, uh, it's, a, it's a little diatonic, has shirt button looking buttons, not a piano. And the note is different depending on if you're uh, pushing or drawing, you know. So yeah. you, you play a scale uh, in, out, in, out, in, out, out, in. <laughs> <laughs> so that the octaves are both in in ah oh, smart yeah it's 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 easy to improvise because you can't get out of the key if you stick to the row it plays in c and g um and just one four five on the bass it's easy to just like wail and just like dee, 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 you know? <laughs> but you know, know but it's hard to actually be like okay let me play this melody that's in my head and you're like wait is this an in or an out <laughs> it just goes to prove my theory that every instrument is easier than trombone you know, and, and yeah, the parents are like, well, my kid's so short, like their arm isn't long enough. I'm like, their C's will be sharp for a little while. Who cares? They're all out of tune. You know, every kid is out of tune. They will grow into it. You know, I'm, I'm, I would never, I, I'm the kind of band director that if a kid is set on like French horn, some band teachers would be like, ah, let's start him on trumpet. French horn's too hard. But you know, if I look at the oh, kid, no. I'm like, you know, start it's him. a straight A kid. They're yep. motivated. Do it. They're going to quit band if I force them to play something they don't want to play. Nuts to that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's, there's very little instant gratification on a brass instrument. So you, you really have to stick with them and give them a reason to stick with it. Yeah. The tough thing about that is that it's so much in the lips that uh, the thing I struggle with with uh, teaching trombonists is. Um, well, you know, you got to develop your ear so much because there's so many mm-hmm. notes you can play just in first position. So, you know, I'll have trombonists where we're like in the middle of a song and I'm like going like this. I'm like, it's it's an F. Get up to the, you know, you're playing right, a B flat. Get, right. get up there. You know? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> I get it. like, you know, I a clarinet, a clarinet is like, you know, it's like, I'm like, did you really like the recorder? Clarinet's your thing. That's, you know, it's what it feels like. Sounds like a flute. Feels like a clarinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's so much fun starting a new band. It's kind of over- overwhelming in a way if you got like fifteen kids that don't know even how to hold it or put it together. <laughs> I'm just like running around the room for like two weeks, just like I forgot how to put my read on. Or no, this won't make a sound. I'm like it's because it's cracked in half. What did you do that thing? You for know? anybody who That's thinks it's <laughs> easy, they, they need to come in and try to do that for one day. They'll, they won't survive. Believe me. It's so fun though. But I'll just be like running around, like everyone's got their instruments together. Let's play a concert B flat. Well, what's that? Well, you're an alto sax. Okay, it's gonna be what is that? A D. Uh, or G, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> just like <laughs> then, I got to be like, "Why are my notes not the same?" It's called transposing. We'll talk about it later. Just play that. 
it's, and then I look at the clock and be like, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Did you start in, uh, so wait, did you grow up in New York State? Yeah, New York and a little bit of New Jersey and then a little bit of rural Florida in that order, but mostly New oh, York. Wow. Yeah. So did you start playing uh, trombone in fifth grade or sixth grade? When do you guys start around there? Well, I started on different instruments, uh, played piano, oh, oh, sure. played baritone horn, played drums, and I wanted to be cooler, so I played trumpet in the eighth grade, oh. and then finally in the ninth grade, I settled on trombone. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's still incredibly young. I so. had, I, I, I might have wound up playing trumpet, except I tried to do it while I had braces, which is mm. pretty bad, pretty hard to do on trumpet. You could kind of do it on larger brass instruments but it was kind of a dis- yeah. I, just, I just sucked and yeah, uh, so i went to trombone yeah. and uh the rest is history yeah man um so then i guess you i wait what songs that you do i need to remind you of some songs you've played on sure. so you can pick your favorites oh, absolutely. um so without running through all of them let me I let like me name some of uh, my you ever Ooh. heard that one from the coney island mermaid museum the live record with Caroline No on it. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Some of my some of my favorite stuff is from that recording. Some really yeah. cool things came out of that. It was a neat day. It was extremely hot. I drove Pender there, and yeah. it was like hundred degrees. And I think a different guy came in, Nathan Durham, who's a great tuba player. He played tuba on it, and. Uh, that's one of my favorite records, actually. Maybe it's also five or six songs. Yeah. The, the, so it was the Indestructible Object uh, EP. Okay. And you also played on Ant. It was the second version of Ant. They had an old, old version of Ant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's followed by Caroline. No. Um, do you have any specific memories about Ant? Because that is a really cool... Cause dun, yeah. Dun, it's that marching snare that comes in and all that. If I remember, we have some brass soloing in there. Yeah, and, and, Pender's and, uh, on that, and yeah. Marcus Rojas. Oh, it's Marcus. Okay, yep. On tuba. Oh, maybe it was Marcus. I thought it was Nathan, but who knows? But well, um, the wiki's been wrong. I already fixed one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, unless there was a song taken from another live performance, like a, you know, like a. But I think it was Nathan Durham. I'll have to ask him. I mean, Marcus usually is the guy who comes in place too, but I think maybe he wasn't available. Marcus Dude, you could, you could surf around the wiki and just be like, oh, actually, and then just fix it. Because then everyone benefits because then they know, you know, for sure. Because yeah. people love this minutia. That's why yeah. this wiki is so extensive because people want to know this stuff. And so, I think, was, was yeah. Ant the instrumental? Remind me, there's an instrumental. No, uh, it's, uh, it's the, I, there's I'm an ant crawling up your back in the oh, yeah. night. <laughs> and like you guys really come in strong where it gets to the... Uh, uh, someday the, uh, he will grow up to be president. Bum, 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 oh bum, yes, bum, now bum, I do bum. remember. Of course, <laughs> that, that was pure, pure fun, right chief. There. Yeah, that's, I love that version. I love the original, but that version is just like they nailed it on that. Um, it's one of those where I'm glad they did a second version. You know, they've been well, known to do here's that. Here's another horntastic one that I'm very proud of: uh, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse music. Yeah, what what you got on that? Well, I co-arranged the horns. Uh, Linnell did some, and I did some, and I'm just really happy. There's there's an intro and there's an outro, and if you listen to it, it's really a lot of horn stuff. There's a sax soli with a kazoo doubling on top of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just really cool stuff. Uh, there's some little bit of 
trombone solo moment where for the trombone people out there, I used a solo tone mute, which is that very nasal thing, which kind of makes you sound like you're coming out of an old-fashioned radio, combined yeah. with a plunger, like, that kind of, it was, you know, before effects pedals, you had mutes. You could really yeah. uh, alter the sound quite a bit. I just showed, I don't know why I hadn't brought it in sooner, but like the last week of band... I've been telling my kids about, I made some comment about, uh, or one of them did like the sad trombone sound, you know, the wah, wah. and I, I was like, oh, you know how they do that? And I'm like, no, it's, it's with a plunger. And they're like, you're kidding. I'm like, yeah, you take the rubber part off of the plunger. Make sure you don't, you know, use it yeah. to clean the toilet first. And so then I brought it in finally and they're like, that's all that's all. Cause I could I play it just like that. And they thought well, it was the best for the, thing for, ever. I don't know if kids still watch the Charlie Brown specials. I mean, they were already old when we were kids, but they're great. Oh, they do. Yeah. And, and the sound of the teacher's voice is of course a trombone with the Harmon mute. So it's that metal one with a yeah. little stem. Um, wah, 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 wah. So it's a very mm-hmm. metallic version of that wah wah sound. And, and also sort of, uh, uh, it compresses the sort of harmonic range to a very specific yeah, telephonic it's, it's, frequency um, as well. It cuts out a lot of It's kind things. of like, for people that have never seen one, I mean, people can look it up, but a Harmon mute, it's almost like, you know those modern earplugs that like are oh, supposed to true. let through the high frequencies more, it right? It looks, looks a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, and so it has, yeah, like you said, it's got a little thing in the middle you can slide in and out that yeah. lets out more of the sound, I guess? Is that is that an accurate description? I mean, we don't own one, but I mean, I have played with them before. Well, the um, more you pull out the stem, the more uh, yeah. nasal it gets, less less body of sound. And then Miles Davis got famous oh, okay. for using one without the stem. So if you listen to oh. him play My Funny Valentine or something like he and he would put it really close up to the mic, and he... He basically invented the way jazz trumpet players use a Harmon mute now, but he, he yeah. invented that in like nineteen the nineteen sixties. That's so cool. So if I'm going through um, Miles did the not list play with stuff, the Giants. Uh, that would have been some. <laughs> no doubt. Guy, these guys who do no drugs, and then here comes this guy. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, <laughs> really, sorry Miles, it's just coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee. It's like you better make it strong. Uh, I, I think of, of the list of stuff you've played. I think my top three. Ooh, if I had to pick very quickly, you know, honestly, I'm one of the guys that loves Mister Excitement. That song oh, gets a lot of flack totally for just being so weird and different. But I'm like, they might be giants. It's best. I love they might be giants best when they're weird. It's and, it's great because I think that's when we were dealing with some uh, different sort of technical producers and stuff. And I also yeah. like it a lot. Be- and because I, um, I'm a credited writer on it, so I get uh, if you if it gets spun oh. a lot, I, I could buy bread. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Chris Maxwell from the uh, the Elegant Two, yeah, is the guy who does a lot of programming and stuff on Mink Car stuff. And yeah, I, so I again just, am a yeah. Mink Car defender because there are people that don't like Mink Car, which is just bonkers to me. I love because that was car. like that came out when I was in college. I mean, we all know it came out on nine eleven. Um, that's but right. like that record, I spun it so much because you know I was living with you know I was with my roommate who also he's been on the podcast. He was on episode two, you know, and we just we talked about I've got a fang on episode two. People are like, why did you pick that song for so early in the podcast? I'm like, because that's fucking awesome, and that has some cool sax stuff in it. No brass, I don't, I don't think. Um, How but, about Road Movie to Berlin? I didn't play on the recording. I love that. Oh, when we, when we play live, yeah. it's very fantastic. Um, oh, go on with your top three. I want to hear. I this. want okay. 
Stock of Wheat is a song I have performed live on keyboard. And I did it once live. The first live episode of the podcast, I've done three live ones uh, on the songs Don't Let's Start, Birdhouse, and They'll Need a Crane. And we did a huge, like, uh, almost like, not open mic because everyone was scheduled, but like people just jumping up on stage doing different covers. I collaborated with a lot of people. I played some drums, played some accordion, played some synth. And on that one, yeah, I played, it was a a digital piano, obviously. And, um, I got my wife and like five other of my female friends to do the kind of back and forth on it, you know, like a duck, like a duck that died, and it came out nice. so awesome. It's on the the this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com, but on Stalka We we got Pender again. Mm-hmm. We got you, you on trombone, and um Marcus on tuba. Yes. Is that is that correct? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a live recording. Maybe from Joe's Pub or something, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that right? Um, or does that sound like a studio thing? I think, I guess I, I might be conflating that. It is a studio one. Her. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys have done it live a bunch, right? I mean, it's got 115 known performances, according to the wiki. Um, cool. And I also love that that Marty plays the uh, flexitone. The <laughs> Those things are funny. I actually used that on a record once, and we just called it the boingy thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, Flexitone is a fun name, too. So I'd say probably my top three, God, and this is just off the top of the dome, of you, that you've played on would be, I think, Withered Hope, Stock of Wheat, oh, yes. and um, let me tell you about my operation, maybe? Or no, cool. no, no. When mm. Will You Die? When Will You oh, Die? I did I that episode, and I know I, that got ramped up, right, because they changed the key by speeding well, it up or you, something? I'll, I'll tell you the uh, how that worked. It was very Please cool. Please do. Yeah. So certain parts were recorded at normal speed after certain re- parts were recorded, then sped up. So for instance, the vocals you can hear are, are totally normal. Right. Um, no chipmunk. No chipmunk. So the parts that were, there was, it was raised with a very, very speed, like old fashioned, like you sped up a tape. <clears throat> yeah. This might have been done in the digital domain, but you know, traditionally if you sped up a tape, it got incrementally faster and higher at the same time. These days, you could do time compression. You can make it simply right. faster. You can but in this warp case, we it. did an, an yeah, we did actual vary speed, and I believe that the transposition made it go either a fourth or a fifth higher. So a C became an F or a G, so, and it was all higher. <laughs> so I, I I actually wrote all those horn parts. That was a fun one. Oh and, man! And I I've performed a punk version of that one with my punk band because it's well, such a punk song. <laughs> it was it was really fun. So you can hear that the bass is among the things that was very speeded up, and the horns yeah. and the drums. But I think vocals and guitar are normal. So it, it was just a really creative oh. thing to do to mash up those two kinds of sounds. <clears throat> um, at by the end, you know, it sounds like Kurt Ram is playing a piccolo trumpet. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> what I always <laughs> thought. <laughs> And I, 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 I actually uh, kind of, I goofed on a friend of ours, a fantastic trumpet player named Steve Bernstein. I said, hey, check out this horn recording. Listen to Kurt. I didn't tell him it was very speeded. Yeah, I just was yeah. messing with him because he's a trumpet player. He goes, oh, man, you're blowing my mind. I can't believe Kurt did that. And then I let, I let him suffer for about a day. Then I let the cat out of the bag that we very speeded it. <laughs> yeah. These are my practical yeah, jokes. That's- it's so funny. I got to send you links to some of these covers I've done because we did a cover of that and it was just power trio style. So me on vocals and guitar, my friend Johnny on drums, and my friend Tim on bass. And he's a good bassist, but like I played it for him. And again, it was like the same thing. I didn't tell him it was, 
<laughs> sped up and raised it. He listened yeah. to that bass solo at the beginning. He's like, no. It sounds like <laughs> Rocco Prestia played the bass part. By the way, I really appreciated that video you sent to me of those uh, three young ladies covering when would you die it's oh, really yeah. adorable it's, with, the, with a uh, ukulele and kazoos and, and a guitar oh no that's um that's electric car that they oh, i'm sorry not, electric not this car. One, yeah. I, I knew there was a car involved see I and we will remember. get to that oh yeah like the monster hearse on when will you die another one of my favorite videos and involves a lot of cardboard uh so you know let's actually get to electric car then because we could just chat about band and brass nerd stuff all day but yeah those those three songs are amazing but electric car i think like i said earlier flies a little bit under the radar as far as like being a a song that a a lot of work went into and it's like most most fans be like well i don't listen to the kids albums i mean i I shouldn't say most but some fans like yeah i don't listen to kids albums like especially if they don't have kids they'll be like why well, it's like when I talked to Marty, he he joined the band when they were recording uh, Spine and uh, ABCs, like basically in the same sessions. And he so, he said sometimes he wouldn't even know, is this for the Spine or is this for the kids album? I know. You and just come like, in and let something's put out before you. I should say I was on Marty's first gig, which was in Boston, and he just came in and just did such a great job. And we have an interesting connection because he went to University of Miami with my younger brother. Who's a woodman oh, guy? Oh, holy played cow! Played in bands together down there and stuff. So it was really cool to meet him, and he was clearly the man for the job. You know, in the uh, legacy <laughs> of great amazing. drummers that the Giants have had. The episode Absolutely. that Marty was on, and this was so early in the podcast, it just like totally like made my life to have Marty Beller and Danny Weinkoff on. I think when the podcast was only two months old, I was like, I was like nine episodes in and I somehow roped Marty Beller into doing it. And like he, we went all the way back in his drummer history, kind of like we've been talking about your, your, your uh, wind instrument history. And um, he sent me his friend who played guitar in his band in the eighties, digitized a cassette. And I actually played, Beller's band from 1984. I played a track from his rock band from 1984. Nice. This like, is your life. I know. Like my my listeners were like, "Oh my god! Like, how did you get this?" I'm like, "Man, Marty's just an amazingly nice dude, and his friend was nice enough to find this cassette, Pretty digitize cool. it, and send it to me." I'm like, "You guys are the best! Like, it's just amazing." Um. So yeah. So the the kids' albums though are amazing, and I think Here Comes Science is probably my favorite. I love that. Um, because I love the themed ones, like Why is a great album, No is a great album, but I really like the themed ones, and that one's my favorite because uh, it's like for slightly older kids, you know, it's like more of a upper elementary, well, it's good for all elementary, like I do a first grade program, I've done three years in a row, I've done a first grade They My Pajayans program. Uh, I love it. You can find those, uh, the, the most recent ones on my Mr. Simpson YouTube as well. Uh, and I always told Danny about it. I'm like, we're doing paleontologist again. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I'm thinking I should do this song next year. Um, I love the science songs. Roy G. Biv is always a favorite. Paleontologist is always a favorite. Roy G. Biv is my, my niece's favorite song. Um, and... Electric Car is just like, well, it's a chill song, and not that kids can't be into chill songs. Like, it's perfectly slotted at, uh, is it track four? So we start with, obviously, Science is Real, Meet the Elements, Paleontologist, Bloodmobile, Electric Car is track 
five. So it's at that perfect slot where it's like, all right, let's slow it down for a sec. You know, and it's not super slow. It's that mid tempo and it's kind of chill. And kids like chill songs too. You'd think they wouldn't, but like kids like to chillax. You know, sure. as they say, no, no one says chillax anymore, uh, except me. Oops, I better and, stop saying that. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm at that point where, you know, I got a second daughter coming. I have fully leaned into the dad jokes and the, you know, making students roll their <laughs> eyes by saying, like, do we still say things are on fleek? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was five years ago. Um, so the arrangement on this one, and it's just kind of a chill one, and it starts with that mellotron and actually before we even talk about the mellotron i sent you that thing from the podcast that well, had yeah. the so, abridged intro do you remember what the deal is with that because they well it says in the trivia that the song got kind of premiered on npr there was a clip on um yeah we call that jamie kitman january 2009 jamie right, kitman their, did, their manager did, yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's a car guy he's a friend and uh yeah, yeah i think he did an uh, interview about the electric cars and they he was at the Detroit the, Auto Show. That's what it was. Pretty cool. Uh huh. Well, yeah. I, I, let me say, I I think Electric Car and the video, especially, is kind of a masterpiece. I I hold it in such high regard, and every once in a while I revisit it, and my estimation has not changed. It's great. It's great. So I I did re-listen to the the original version of it pre horns, and it reminded me that some of the um, information that became horn parts or at least guided the horn parts was there already clearly there's a lot more than that but uh, the beginning mellotron if you listen closely there's also actually alto flutes in there really low and breathy Ah. so alto flutes it's an f what a key to okay yeah regular flutes in c alto is an f or g oh i think it's f i hope i'm right flute players but it's 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 a it's a it's kind of a baritone flute it's really cool yeah. Or a tenor flute, you know. If a, yeah. if the flute is a soprano instrument, then it's like a tenor or a baritone. It, it could play really low and breathy. You've heard it a million times on all like the spy movies, James Bond movies. Um, yeah. Okay. The alto flutes, uh, the second highest member below the standard C flute, uh, and the uncommon flute d'amour. It mm. is the, <laughs> never heard of that. Mm, it is ew. the third most common member of the standard C flute. Okay. It is a transposing instrument in G. There you a go. Perfect fourth below. There you go. C. Yes. And it's just, it's beefier. It's kind of cool. So it's got a curve. It, it's curved. Uh, sometimes they, sometimes, no, bass flutes, okay. they curve the head joint. So oh, you're not holding something out that is like six feet long. Alto right. flutes are usually straight. Oh, here, they have a picture of both of them. Sometimes yeah, they'll ba- do Bass curved, flute yeah. is also awesome, but they'll curve the head joint around to just sort of, so your arms aren't sticking out so far to your right to hold this kind of heavy instrument it's so funny it's like an oxymoron bass flute <laughs> oh but it's, <laughs> it's it so is funny. very cool oh i know yeah oh man jupiter prodigy flute look at this thing it's just got like a it's got a little like doing just like like a thing coming out of its neck like it's got a growth <laughs> well some well sometimes it's a really great idea for beginning flute players to get the curved head joint because then it's not so hard for them to hold it up uh-huh it's actually quite a thing to hold your that instrument up that's why a lot of kids tilt their head and lean down because they literally don't have yeah. the strength and posture yet to hold that thing up for extended mm-hmm. periods of time so mm-hmm. i will recommend this to you for your kids <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah the instrumentation on that well uh, i i kind of had carte blanche to be imaginative and 
do whatever I wanted on this. So I said, okay, let's do that. So I mentioned this alto flute on it. Uh, throughout the song, you'll also hear bass clarinet, piccolo, flute, mellophone, E-flat alto horn, trombones, euphonium. Um, and we had a lot of fun Flugel with horn. Flugelhorn. So a lot of, a lot of conical instruments. Uh, the flugelhorn is conical. The E-flat alto horn, the euphonium, all that sort of... Do you want to explain to people what that means, conical? Because there yeah, are... absolutely. Yeah. So um, in the brass family, you have conical instruments and cylindrical instruments. And the way they're defined is by how much of their tube is one straight line. Like a trombone is considered mm -hmm. cylindrical because the slide is a very long straight tube. And then it eventually it blossoms into the bell, which has a flare, but ultimately it's considered cylindrical. Same with trumpet. It's mostly mm -hmm. straight. Uh, cornet is a little variation on trumpet. So now that becomes a conical instrument, which means the right. bore is gradually increasing throughout the horn. It's smallest where the mouthpiece goes in and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as you might imagine, that lends to a more mellow sound not as brass yeah. so, and so, so famously louis armstrong was known as a cornet player where people would look at me like oh he's playing the trumpet i mean he did both but he came up yeah. playing cornet with I king think Oliver, so. i believe that's right and the cornet yeah. was kind of the jazz instrument and then the trumpet got in there as well but the other conical instruments would be french horn flugelhorn the e-flat alto horn we mentioned the baritone horn the euphonium the tuba so I guess there are actually more conical brass instruments than there are cylindrical. Really, trumpet and trombone are cylindrical. The rest are conical. So, yeah. and the reason to use those instruments is because the song has such a placid feeling. Is that the right word? You know, very... Yeah, relaxed. it's a, a lugubrious little... Mm. Ch ch it's, it's chillax. Let's well, just it's, keep it's, saying it, that. <laughs> it, it, I always... I got a vision that it was very still, like a, like a lake at morning. Just a very still, ah, like still placid, water. Placid, sure. Mm -hmm. Lake, Lake Placid. Lake placid. Right? Yeah. See, we got, we got there. So, um, <laughs> and, and, and I think it also was about how just incredibly quiet and smooth electric cars are, and the video emphasized that ah. as well. So the personnel on that is... If, Synergy. If mm, yes. If you, if you recall, <laughs> Michael, Michael Lennart, we brought him in, right? And I think Kurt Ram was there. I'll tell you about Michael in a minute. Uh, Jonathan you Levine. To, uh, yeah, I don't know if you, if you want me to run through. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Levine. So what's the... Uh, That's my brother. What's, yeah, your brother. Okay. And Stan Harrison. Okay. Uh, I think you also it. have a niece that has worked with the Mopey Giants, correct? Yeah, Han Hannah is uh, an incredibly talented singer and actress. And yeah. she was, I think nine or 11 when she did that song i'm just a girl who's what yeah. was the lyric 11 years old and she was <laughs> um yeah and, yeah and, so uh, cool uh, her mother actually sang on um something we did for a movie she kind of simulated the sound of like a human version of uh what's that electronic instrument a theremin Ooh. Uh, she was yeah. amazing Ooh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, awesome. a lot, of, a lot of us in the mix, but Man, um, yeah, this like the in, the the instruments on it, like you look at Darlings of Lumberland, the credits on the wiki, and it's just like, but this one's even longer. I mean, you got Robin, you know, Goldie has appeared on so many kids songs. She's so and great plenty, on this, plenty yeah. of yeah, plenty of adult. Well, I want to tell you a story about too. that that vocal, the Robin's vocal, please. Um, and people who know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this was true. That was ostensibly 
the guide track, a demo. They're like, oh, we're going to replace this. She just woke up and sang it, you know, and I, and I, I, uh, asserted myself. I said, you know, I, I think it's perfect. That's the vocal. And I think they, uh, actually considered that and kept it because it's so, again, placid. Because Robin, we know, could sing really big and brassy too. And to hear that way of her singing was really intriguing to me. And I said, no, don't change it. She's so versatile. Earlier this year, I think January or February, I did uh, an episode on Dr. Evil. <laughs> oh, evil. Evil is yeah, kind of get into like a Shirley, Shirley Bassey thing, you know, those that uh-huh. big brassy voice. We talked thing. all about that. Yeah. So um, she can bend her voice to be yeah. like whatever yeah. the band needs. Yeah. Like, oh, Linnell and Flans, you know, they can do all these voices too, but we got to, we need a hiring. We need this. No, and she's then, like, just bring in Robin. Yeah. It's yeah. so awesome. There's so many good live videos of her coming on stage with you guys to do this. Oh, too. She's, she's a great performer. Uh, can so, you tell me about uh, a little bit more about uh, Jonathan? So he's a woodwind dude. Yeah. He's uh, really one. I'm, I'm going to say it. He's one of the best woodwind guys in town. He, he plays, Every just about every wooden wood instrument really well, and he also gets hired to play in Broadway shows and and recordings and stuff because he's he's kind of an ace anyway, piccolo down to the bass sax. Um, so obviously we have a very musical family, and it's great to be yeah. able to work with your bro whenever you can. Seriously, um, and, you got Stan, uh, you got Kurt, so you got the full Triceratops, your brother, and Michael Leonhart. Can you tell me about Leon? Leon? Oh, yeah, Michael. Am I saying it right? Uh, most people just say Leonhart. And, oh, Leonard. Uh, okay, Michael Leonard. Michael is a phenomenal musician. He actually got—I think he was the youngest recipient ever of a Grammy when at age seventeen for a jazz record he made. I mean, he's—he's he's that guy. Yeah. Wow. Because so, you can't click on him on the wiki, so I, I got to look him up. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me more about him. So I'm gonna look him up. We've we've worked together a lot over the years, but notably, I mean, here's the big one. I'm burying the lead. He'd been the. Uh, horn section leader and arranger for Steely Dan for about the last 12 years. <laughs> That's Whoa. kind of a big deal. Yeah. And he has, he does many of his own projects, uh, the Michael Leonard orchestra. In fact, you can click on, we did a thing I did. I played with him for a thing for paste magazine. Um, uh-huh. and it is, um, well, it's kind of a big band doing, I'm seeing here that he's done all this work with rap dudes. He's played on a bunch of hip hop records, Tribe Called Quest, oh, Busta yeah. Rhymes, Most Def, uh, DJ Spooky. I mean, all yeah, Q-Tip, Raekwon, like huge yeah, he's a, he's names. A, yeah, he's a terrific. As well as playing with Henry Mancini, Wynton Marsalis, James Brown, Bill Withers, uh, holy cow, slash oh, Steven Tyler, geez, Todd Rundgren, man. Michael's for real. His dad is one of the most awesome and busy bass players as well, are you playing with the Dap playing? Kings? Yeah, no, no. But if you want to drop yeah. like in the Facebook Messenger, you can drop me. So a anyway, to, to a something. cool thing to look up from Michael. It's just a tip of the iceberg. Look up Michael Lena Orchestra Wu Tang Suite. Oh, um, so we did we did a couple of videos for Paste at Paste Studios in New York City for Paste Magazine. Yeah, so we recorded it live. But if you looked it up, you'll kind of get an idea of some of his work as an arranger and orchestrator really adventurous yeah yeah it sounds like again talking about robin being able to bend your vocals to whatever you need i mean being able to play in any style no wonder he's getting so much work yes and he's just 
a really creative guy with a lot of depth to his ability to, you know, orchestrate and arrange, make, you know, really cool versions of things. So that's Michael. And uh, Stan, I don't know if you know how many amazing, cool things Stan Harrison has done. I don't know if you ever checked him out. Well, I, he's yeah, rock and roll you know, and jazz royalty. He really is. I'm, I'm hoping to have him on too. You know, I got his email from uh, yeah. from you. So I will be, uh, I hadn't sent one off to him yet. I was waiting for us to, to do our thing. But uh, for sure, tell me a little more about Stan and then hopefully I'll, I'll hear it from the horse's mouth uh, well, this summer I mean, from just, him. Yeah. He's a very in-demand guy. Um, I, I've known him for a long time, and I brought him into the fold when we were doing the music for Malcolm in the Middle because we never had a sax player. You go, who can we get to play sax? Oh, you'll like Stan. And they loved him. And basically, they're like, okay, you're in the band now too. So it went from, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from those recording sessions to uh, now we have a three-piece horn section, which was really cool. And um, I think one of the coolest things, I've talked about this before, sorry to jump in again, but like with Linnell being a saxophonist, you know, he's all over their records. But like he's also on the Whirlpool cover, like I said, and when we were talking about it in the saxophonist episode, we were all like, "Wait a minute, that's not all Linnell." Like, oh, Stan was already doing stuff with them, and uh, but for him to become part of the Tricer Chops and be worked in, yeah. it, it just shows that the Johns, like, even though they used to do everything themselves, they now realize when like they should hand it off to a pro and be like, you don't have to do everything yourself. You know, you got nothing to prove. Yeah. Yeah. You got nothing to prove. Bring these guys in, you know, to do the arrangement. Like obviously Linnell knows how to arrange a song very, very well, but for something like electric car, I mean, you know, look what you did with it. Like he could have come up with something cool, but what you did is just like, it's like, it's mind blowing how much went into this three and a half minute kid's song. It's, it's so cool. Well, there's a little Easter egg in there. Um, Uh and I'll tell you, this is, this is the first time (laughs) the world will know. Oh, Um, exclusive. This is an exclusive. (laughs) So you know how you have, family jokes that can go on for years it's a catchphrase uh-huh. or a punchline it just it's funny only to you but you just keep right. doing it yeah. so for whatever reason my brother and i have been riffing on a theme for, by vincent persichetti and a beautiful beautiful wind ensemble or band piece he wrote called pageant it's if you look mm. it up it's incredible now also if you look it up at about the 435 mark the one that comes up on youtube you get to hear a theme and that's the lick that my brother and I have been goofing on for years, and I I can't okay, even okay. remember hold on, why hold it started. On. So it's called it's called pageant. Uh, who's banging? Vincent Persichetti, which is C- okay. Popped up. Thanks for auto. Yeah, autofill. So how far in four and a half? About the four thirty-five mark. You're gonna hear. I'm paraphrasing, but check it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you got you yeah. got it. You got the riff. Now you, now you maybe you know you can edit this together so you can play them back to oh, back. Yeah. So yeah. totally for the purpose of goofing and pranking my brother, <laughs> I wrote that for him. I believe in a piccolo part, and he didn't get the music in advance. So we're we're running down the chart, and all of a sudden he's playing this theme, which I buried in <laughs> into uh, the arrangement. So where, there okay, you have so it. So where in the song is that? Do you know? Like um, I meant minute? to check it out. <laughs> oh, oh. It's kind of the horn solely. Uh-huh. So, 
right oh, before it starts rocking so out again, funny. where it gets very I'll ethereal. Edit it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you can't find it, let me know. But it, it should be obvious to you now that you know the theme. So it's like the bridge. Okay. If you run it from like one minute forty seconds, mm-hmm. it's very smooth horn thing, and you hear the piccolo come in. You'll hear it. Okay, I'm listening. Right, one, one, one minute forty. Vincent Persichetti. Embedded. I love that, man. This band, Blue Bottle, I mentioned, we had a song. It's actually a song I wrote, even though I was the drummer in that band, where our uh, trumpet player snuck in uh, uh, this lick that sounds like uh, from Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. <laughs> oh, as you, as you should. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Hey, um, so so do you, and, and do you own an electric car by chance? I do not. My mom has a one of the earliest uh, models of the Prius. Oh, um, those are great. Yeah, I rented one once. It, yeah. It felt like you had just entered the future. It's almost I, creepy how quiet they are cuz you're like, wait, is the yeah. car still on? <laughs> and you could like you could like run over someone, they wouldn't hear you coming. Like if they got their they wouldn't even like if they're just walking and uh, you just kind of like roll up at like uh, 20 miles per hour, right. it wouldn't yeah. make any sound. Earlier Boom. on, I think they were adding some fake engine or beeping sounds to them <laughs> yeah. for, for real. I think there were going to be three three that I could think of growth industries. So if a young person is trying to figure out how to get rich now for their future, one will be um, cybersecurity, obviously. I yeah. recommend that. Yeah. The other one will be uh, tattoo removal. <laughs> for, for, all, for all of you who realize you've made a terrible mistake. Oh, get that they might be giant tattoo off of there. Those guys but, suck. But here <laughs> Yeah, it turns out they voted for no. Anyway, yeah. and then um but get this. I mean, electric cars are amazing, but no one's really talking about this. What happens to all those batteries? So if you're the person who Whew. figures out how to safely dispose of or recycle those highly toxic things, you will also be rich and have a job oh. for a long time. So there's yeah. the three that's Dan Levine's three recommendations to 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 get rich and stay rich. In the next 20 years. <laughs> uh, speaking of electric cars, yeah, right. Uh, according to the trivia on the wiki, uh, GM was considering licensing this song to promote the Chevy Volt, but it didn't happen. Do you know anything yeah, that about that? Been, I only read about that recently, but that would have been lucrative. They could have been, very, yeah, licensing deals are these, these days, especially, are one of the ways to earn money with songs because uh, yeah. people aren't really paying enough for music so it's a pretty tough tough road yeah tis um the other instrument instrumental thing i wanted to ask you about is this um so i'm, I'm looking down the wiki the credits alto horn and i'm like what the oh, yeah. heck is that and for a guy that has been in band his whole life and and teaches band i had to look that up so was that it's Adolf Sax who invented the saxophone, correct? Also invented that. Is that correct? Yeah, he, invent, he invented a lot of <clears throat> instruments, including, I think the the modern version of the trombone. Before though, before that, there were others. Sack butts. Sack boots. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, that guy was quite the inventor. Uh, and a lot of his brass instruments were just were generally called sax horns. But the E flat is it's in the you hardly ever see them in the United States. Uh, 
they are traditionally used in the British bass, brass band tradition. So where they have all these, again, conical instruments, um, cornets, flugelhorns, I think, alto horns, baritone horns, tubas. So it's in E-flat. So it's higher, pitched higher than a trombone, lower than trumpet. It's like kind of it right in between. <clears throat> so he's kind of making stuff that would like different ones that would transpose to like the sax, tr- you know, transpositions. But I think a it might have some instrument. of yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know if it was built with a practical concern or just simply to fill a certain sort of high tenor voice in the brass family. Yeah, because there's quite a leap between trombone and trumpet. You know, those are essentially one octave apart. So this is kind of in between. Yeah, I'm looking at these uh, on the Wikipedia page for, for Adolf Sax. Uh, other invented instruments, I'm just looking, there's some pictures. The saxotromba, the sax horn, the sax tuba, the six-piston trombone, and the bass sax horn. Have you seen one of these six-piston trombones? Actually, the museum, <laughs> uh, the Metropolitan <laughs> Museum, oh yeah, no, they're around, and it, and there's some... People still have those. A larger version of that is a chimbasso, which is pitched what? like a tuba. Yeah, look up chimbasso. And they're used often in Italian operas and stuff like that. And they're, and also in actually Hollywood film scores. What's so cool about them is they, they're pitched like a tuba, but they're brassy like a trombone. They're just these really growly things. They're awesome. Whoa, yeah, I'm looking at it. Chimbasso. Oh, my God. This one for $17,000. <clears> what is that? <laughs> on yeah. dylanmusic.com if you want That's to spend right. 17k you can get a Lash CB900 Shimbasso in F there you have uh, it what so, the heck yeah oh but they're amazing they're amazing um, it's got foot it's got like like a cello it's got two foot pegs two pegs to rest yeah. it on yeah you rest it on the ground oh my god <clears throat> so yeah the, so um <laughs> the Chimbasso just like the E flat alto horn are very uncommon but they're cool. They sound good. Man, Adolf Sachs came with came up with some crazy stuff. And ironically, did you know that he uh, got lip cancer? He ended up surviving it. But yeah. as a guy who in, was inventing a bunch of things you play with your mouth, that's like some sort of cruel joke. It's like Beethoven going deaf. You know, it's like super weird. Like yeah. Lip cancer. He ended up surviving. Uh, yeah, this is between 53, 1853 and 1858. Made a full recovery. He died in 1894 in poverty. He, uh, I think maybe the cancer, whatever he had to do to survive cancer back in the 1850s. It wasn't chemotherapy or radiation, that's for sure. But poor he, uh, you know, he made it through and then he died poor after being, well, I mean. If you, if you find yourself in New York City, go to the musical instrument um department or whatever it's called exhibit at the uh, in the metropolitan museum of art also if you find yourself in i think it's phoenix arizona there's a musical instrument museum that'll blow your mind unbelievably cool this man as if we didn't have enough tangents i just got to read you this sax sax (laughs) uh faced many brushes with death as a child he once fell from a height of three floors hit his head on a stone and was believed dead uh, and then at the and age of three... When you wake up, you invent the trombone. That, that's clearly what happened At the age guy. of three, he drank a bowl full of acidic water, mistaking it for milk. Uh, later, he swallowed a pin, 
Uh, he received serious burns from a gunpowder explosion and once fell into a hot cast iron frying pan burning his side. Several times he avoided accidental poisoning and asphyxiation from sleeping in a room where varnished furniture was drying. And another time young sex was struck on the head by a cobblestone and fell into a river almost dying. Holy, this, what is going on with this kid as a child? He's just running around like running into things and inhaling things and swallowing things. <laughs> I, I, I what don't is going know. on here? Paris in the in the eighteen twenties. Uh, well, he was born in the, the Netherlands, but he lived mostly in Paris. Man, I did not know the stuff about sex. I think a lot of people don't realize how recent, how relatively modern the saxophone is. Yeah, I think there were also a lot of them were they were used in uh, marching battalion bands and stuff because they were really loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the uh, anything else to say about the lyrics of the electric car? I, I love that you pointed out how the, the kind of you know the how the music and the words go together. Like I never even thought about that. That it's such a a more quiet song going along with uh, it. Electric cars being a more quiet uh, motor vehicle. Well, I I think that I'm really bad with lyrics, but. Uh I mean, you can bring them up on the wiki if you'd like. Yeah. That's true. Let's do that. But the song clearly tells a story, and it transitions from the idea of electric car to the actual excitement of electric car. And that's yeah. when the horns go to cylindrical instead of conical, you might notice as well. So it gets, gets a little brassier. Yeah. You know, let's take a ride in an electric car. Now it's big and brassy. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let um, me find that wiki. Yeah. There it is. Are the lyrics at the bottom or something like that? Uh, there's there's tabs. There's song, lyrics, interpretations, credits. Oh, okay, uh, the, cool. the lyrics tab. Electric car on road so dark to change the end, rewrite the start. Yeah. So good so far. So good, comma, so far. Very, when I first heard that, I'm like, I'm like, they're good so far. <laughs> and I mean, well, this was yeah. in 2009. So, yeah. I mean, when was the first Prius? Electric cars were were invented almost as early as internal combustion cars sure uh, and they were actually a lot of electric vehicles were in use in cities um it can be shown that um they were suppressed by the petroleum industry because that of was of course lobbyists so they've been around and all forever. that stuff yeah, yeah 90, 95 toyota debuted a hybrid concept car at the tokyo motor show Sounded like '97 was where they really started producing them. No, mostly earlier, in Japan. earlier. No, no. The uh, there was well, a I, Chevy, I was just talking Chevy, about the Prius. The Prius. Oh, the Prius. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the Chevy Volt. Uh, no, it wasn't even called a Volt. It was a, it was a Honda, Honda Insight, hmm. and they were. That was in the '80s, and they kind of looked like a little sporty version, like a two seater. They were unbelievably great, and most of them were least rather than they wouldn't let people buy them they were leasing them and then they were literally huh. most of them were put in some kind of crusher i mean if you're into conspiracy theories check that out the, <laughs> the honda insight yeah it's a really remarkable story that how i suppose they were ultimately suppressed but that's just oh, me here's a cool article i'll have to read later my dad would probably be interested in this as an engineer interesting engineering.com interesting engineering or if you just google history of electric cars and it shows even a wagon a carriage looking thing that is uh 
electric, you know, from oh, yeah. way back. But there's some really cool pictures of this 1961. Uh, let me find this again. 1961 Henny Kilowatt. Look at how cute this little thing is. Look at the little German car, I think. Oh, wow. And then GM's. Yeah. 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 Looks like something, you know, Bond would drive or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, This little tiny car. And then, yeah, the first. Okay. Well, Tesla started in 2008. But then, yeah, before that, we had the 66 Corvair had an electric uh, version. The EV1 in the mid 90s was a GM. Yeah. That one was was like a sports car. Those are the ones they, I think they also smashed in a, <laughs> to get rid of them i think i think the biggest uh, stumbling point for electric cars until more recently was range and how long it took to charge them right and yeah. now lithium ion i believe is what allows for quick charging and usable range yeah yeah because i i remember then a big thing was and you'll still see them would be parking garages that have like places you could plug in your electric car they're you know trying to Help you know cities reduce pollution and encourage oh, yeah, people to buy electric at, cars. Yeah, you know, I'm at the airport now, and yeah, um, pretty cool. I think you don't see them as much as you used to because electric cars, you know, are lasting longer. But I suppose if you do a long term parking and you come back and your battery's dead, good, yeah, good. yeah you de- definitely have to strategize with these things. Yeah, Credit yeah, here, I'm gonna have go to there. read this article. This mm-hmm. uh, interesting engineering. Yeah, there's this. There's this uh, Roadster. I mean, this is a sporty-looking electric car. Yeah, they have a whole timeline. Yeah, they, uh, you know, from this is the discovery of electricity to uh, Nicholas Josef Kugnot's Dampfwagen in 1769. <laughs> and then we jump to 1828 for Anjos Jeldik builds a working motor and small toy EV electric vehicle, I suppose. Um, yeah, all the way up to... Um, you know, 2010s and the the battery costs for them going down, battery costs going down, making electric cars more affordable. Sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know eventually. I mean, right now, you know, when we had our our daughter, we had to buy an SUV. We'd previously just been buying, you know, very, uh, you know, I I drive a little Mazda hatchback, very good gas mileage. But we bought a, a Hyundai Santa Fe, which was very affordable and while not electric, very fuel efficient oh, for an SUV. Yeah. How about we get to the um, that live one I sent you? If you click that link there, I don't know if you watched that yet. It's uh, again, you know, Flan's introducing Robin. I think it's just always oh, I, the I cutest thing. It. It's terrific. I yeah, think, I think that's the gig with only Kurt on it. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I found a couple. Well, hold on. Let me find one where you're on. This one, Heather Goo is actually that's uh, Mike Buffington's girlfriend, Heather who I just met recently cool. well, on a video call. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, they perform In the Middle, In the Middle, In the Middle, and Electric Car, and that's 2015. Hold on, let me just look, find one, because I know I was sh- I was flipping through them. Actually, my daughter, we were watching the video, and then I started flipping through live ones. And I know there was one where you could see you you peeked in at the, the edge of the frame here. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Is it this one?
You know what's a really fun live recording is um, um, there's a bootleg from the Vent in Ventura at an old movie theater. Uh huh. With the whole horn section, but we picked oh. up a couple of L.A. guys. So it was me and oh nice Bill Dowling and Jim Honeyman, great great players. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, that's just Kurt again. I, I, what was that one that you were on? Uh, there's this outdoor show, Summer Stage 2017. Um, oh, that was that was actually really a good, not Summer Stage, but there was the live stuff from when we did kids shows. At, at, we did a kids live show at Columbia University outdoors, uh-huh. and it uh-huh. would have been about more like 2013 or something. You know, I'll be or able even, to find even something. The music video, very quickly, obviously very cute, and all the. Did you watch the making of video? Had you seen that before? I have seen something like that, and when there was more in a, uh, what do they call it? That early stage where you kind of show flashcards of what's going to be happening. Uh, there's a Story word for board. it. Um, Storyboard. Storyboard. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's it. Animatronic yeah. or something. It's so, remarkable. Um, Tiny inventions is the yeah. And they've done several videos. Yeah, they did the Bally of the Ballad of Davy Crockett in Outer Space is another uh, They Might Be Giants one they did. Yeah. But the the making of, people should go watch it if they haven't. It wouldn't make sense for me to play it because it's just, they just play the song while they're showing kind of like right. time-lapse stuff. But yeah. it shows them making all these little models out of cardboard. But then, you know, because my wife's like, this isn't stop motion though. Like, so then we watched the making of and it basically they like rendered it by taking photos from every possible angle of this little cardboard car they built and then being able to animate it oh they the, kind of all the extra- extrapolated from from those yeah. drawings and and that's, Super that, cool. that's brilliant technology i love that stuff amazing yeah and in 2010 again you're thinking like oh that's only 11 years ago but like you know technology it was cutting edge. so fast yeah it's a super cool video maybe i mean it's up there with some of my favorite like visuals from their from their kids videos i also love like paleontologists the way that like it's pictures of their faces on like a cartoon body like that's i love that one too and my students love it and especially after I told them, like, the first year I did the – three years ago when I did the first uh, – this first grade program of They Might Be Giants songs, just like a little 20-minute program. Um, and I told – I'm like, it was the very first time I was going to talk to Danny. I'm like, I'm going to be talking to that guy on the phone tonight. Uh-huh. They're like, what? <laughs> so cool. And I'm like, those go. are his kids at the end. He hugs his kids. And, like, they just – that was, like, the coolest thing. And then Dr. Worm, I'm like, I'm going to be talking to that guy, Dan Hickey. I'm talking to him tonight. And they're like, whoa. They're like, they, I'm like, I'm not as cool as you think I am. First graders are very easily impressed. Ah. Uh, so, <laughs> You know somebody on television. Ooh. I know, right? You're on YouTube. I'm like, you know anyone can start a YouTube channel. You don't need – you know, <laughs> uh, you hear about all these like nine-year-olds that get rich off of YouTube because they have unboxing videos or whatever. Like, look at me, open my toys. I don't understand it. Anyway. Nor do I. So the one cover that I found, uh, the YouTube channel is Nave the Rave. Uh, and it is, let's see, there are some credits at the end. I should name all of these young ladies who are in this. And uh, this was in 2016. So these these girls are probably in college now or maybe fresh out, but they all look like they're in high school here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see the names. We've got Vocals, Hillary Hoyt, and Navi Blue. So that must be Nave the Rave. That must be her YouTube channel. Um, Guitar and Ukulele by Kate Balmos and Navi Blue again. And then let's see. Yeah, directed and edited by Navi Blue. Also featuring Victoria Lopez and Brett. Oh, 
what did you think of this fun little fan video? Oh, it was very cover. cute. I really appreciate it. Very cute. Yeah, and they, they built their own car. and uh, Yeah, their own cardboard <laughs> car that they could fit into. Oh, this one girl's wearing a Weezer shirt. That's cool. It was very impressive. This And one of the girls, I'm like, oh, what instrument is she going to play there? She's holding a flavor ice, you know, the popsicles. Yeah, the <laughs> she's going to play it. And I'm like, is that a recorder? Wait a minute. She's eating that. It's pretty clever. Like, so cute. Like, you can tell they just spent, like, maybe a weekend doing this and just having a blast like it really captures just the fun and excitement of learning and they might be giant songs it's just like so cool as they did in 2016 they probably you know they were little when it came out in 2009 and they're like hey you were you know that they might be giant song let's do you know i learned it on ukulele let's make a video so well, cool what's, what's amazing about the uh the giants is their fans are having kids now and when we would play the live kids shows it was actually some of my favorite times because the kids have no judgment they're just there to have fun but then you also get to see their parents having fun they were all all enjoying it was multi-generational and just a great vibe very free feeling shows really fun yeah. shows yeah. and you know you can only push the banter so far without saying something that's inappropriate so it was <laughs> it was that was always a challenge to to, to yeah. uh just keep it right on that fine line where the parents could snicker and the kids might oh God. not be I, offended. Or, yeah, I hear that. You know, I have teacher mode during the day. Well, yeah. And I come on a podcast and I we have the E explicit logo next to the podcast. It's just like, I, you know, I got to get out the swears. So, right. so right. I, you know, we've we've covered, uh, you know, I I think we've pretty well covered the song uh, and gotten a lot of cool stories. Man, uh, would you like to come back on in like you know six months or something, at some point, and do another song? Sure, why not? Yeah, that was super it. fun. Yeah, I and, had a great you know, time. That was a blast. So I will send you the spreadsheet again if you need to take a look. No rush, and but just like if you want to reserve one of those special songs to you before someone else picks it because this spreadsheet, of course. yeah, whew, especially those classic ones. I mean, um, and I mean you've been on songs till you know. I'd say you've played on songs that are in the classic era, but they've been a band for going on forty years now. <laughs> I know it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Insane. Yeah, twenty twenty two is their fortieth anniversary as a band. That's bonkers. This makes no sense at all to me. I can't oh, even believe man. it. Man, I know because I'm only I'm only twenty two. So <laughs> yeah, right. I know it's funny. They formed when I was one year old, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. The joke is that my daughter is going to have to take over the podcast when I die because there's just so many songs. There's no way I can complete this project before I pass on. You know? That's <laughs> Especially right. Especially because they keep putting out she albums. Won't. Book is coming out in the fall. Do you play on songs on Book? Yeah. Uh, Stan and Kurt and I all play on it. And there's some yes. cool stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. No spoilers. I know, uh, you know, uh, Pete Smolin would probably send me an email and be like, can you remove that part where you and Dan were talking about some secret book thing? <laughs> Take it away. Yeah, me and him talk on occasion. Come like, is it okay if I talk about this on the podcast? He's like, ah, oh, you probably should wait on that. I'm like, all right, <laughs> gotta respect you know, their wishes. Hash- if I ever want the Johns to come on, I like, gotta hashtag be cool. Show, hashtag show business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Well, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Right Ooh, how about this? If without me releasing it to the world, if you want to message me about a song, reserve a song from book to do when book comes out. Sure. Well, the ones yeah. with the horns on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Message me some ideas that you can reserve one of those songs before anyone else even knows what the titles are. How about Great that? idea. 
Yeah, man. And, Send and me a message. I, I'm not recalling the actual titles because it was like a recording session where we came in and kind of acted like hired guns. But as soon as I find out, out. Yeah, which man. hopefully it will be before it's publicly released, I will let you know. I bet you played when there were no lyrics and no singing on it yet. There were. There was. Uh, it's different each time, but this time the, the song was fully formed and it was curious. You know, we did it with all the COVID re, uh, regulations and sure. place. Uh, yeah. Everything. Everybody was being super careful, getting tested. Nobody wanted to get sick, and we didn't. So um, that was that was part yeah. of what made it interesting. You know, Stan and I were like 20 feet from one another playing these parts yeah, know, across yeah. the room. You know, it wasn't the usual shoulder-to-shoulder yeah. shoulder vibe. But <laughs> you, you just happen. cut a little, cut a little hole in the mask for the mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> just about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, should people go to uh, danlevinemusic.com Yeah, that's to check of, you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. Um, Anything else to plug? That's the wonder, there, the, the wonder are, of me site. Yeah. Are there any other specific? Because if you want me to drop in some non-TMBG thing you may have played on recently. Mm, okay. Any um, ideas? Let me Before think. we go, um, I've played on a few Bruce Springsteen albums that have come out over oh, the last man. ten years, and that's been a real pleasure. Oh, pretty amazing stuff. If you um, want to think on that, you can just let me know, and I will yeah. drop in a clip right here of some Springsteen song where they can hear you playing trombone because that's a big deal, man. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. That was a lot of that fun. Actually, awesome. believe it or not, also played alto horn on it and euphonium alto horn. Dang. See? And so, Making are you friends real. with uh, Wine uh, with with uh, Max then too? Max, Weinberg? we're friendly. Yeah, I've done gigs oh, with him on you know when uh, when he does his own thing as well. He's a Is he they might be Giants fan? I haven't asked. He could be. <laughs> yes, he has kids. I, I, I haven't asked. You know, him. Oh. That's, that's a that's a great question. Another um, idol of mine, just watching him on Conan. Holy cow! Especially when they'd get him in on the comedy bits. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd be he'd be like naked or something. They're blurring him out. Like he's such a good sport. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he was always the butt of the joke. So people can find This Might Be a Podcast at all the places. This Might Be a Podcast.com, all over social media. Uh, Twitter is probably the best place at This Might Be a Pod. Email me. Uh, send your thoughts about uh, Electric Car and about uh, uh, this trombone dude here. This, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't just say, I mean, trombone, you would say, is your specialty. Right, you know, like your main instrument, right? That, that's correct. Um, yeah, send me your thoughts, fellow trombonists, fellow brass players. Uh, anyone out there played the alto horn, which would be surprising <laughs> to me. Uh, send send me an email. This might be a pod at Gmail. Or leave me a voicemail of yourself playing trombone at 224-801-2930. I want to hear someone record themselves over the phone playing electric guitar or electric car on trombone. Burr, 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 like the melody. <laughs> That'd be super do it. Cool. Somebody do it, and I'll play it on the next episode. So thanks again, Dan. That was super fun. I mean, I feel like we could have talked all day, but uh, we, you know, Thank we you. both got stuff to do. I got to talk to Tony and Brian tonight. I'm super all excited right. about that too. It's quite a day for Greg over here. So uh, I'll let you go now. And thanks again, man. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Take care. I somehow neglected the scoring segment on this episode, so I didn't get Dan's score. But I guess we'll go ahead and get mine. The arrangement on this song really elevates the score. It is a great, chill song, but it is all about the arrangement on this thing. Uh, I think I'm going to give this a solid uh, 7.5 for Electric Car. All right. Electric.